0: Hello, 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 friends. Welcome back to the Dead Dad Society. Welcome to the Dead Dad Society if this is your first time. I am your host, Mitch Garling. Uh, guys, I put on a hell of a spread for someone today. Uh, absolute ton of buffalo wings. No one showed up. Pretty upset about it. Uh, I'll happily eat them all myself, though. That's fine. Welcome along to episode 12. Uh, we have a wonderful guest for you this afternoon, this afternoon, today, whenever you're listening, you can listen at night now, that's allowed, but we have a, uh, a fantastic, a supremely, um, super, super supreme, what? Super supremely, super supreme, yum. Super supremely talented uh, guest for you today. Uh, the The wonderful uh, singer, that's my daughter. Hello. How are you? We have another guest apparently. Hello. What's up? Oh, it's Bubbles! Great, I got I to go play with Bubbles, guys. But our guest today is uh, is the fantastic Imogen Clark. She's a three time Golden Guitar nominee. She is a singer songwriter. She's open for Shania Twain, James Rain, Diesel, heaps of people. Uh, Claire Bowen from uh, Nashville, the TV show Bubbles. I know Bubbles. Look, guys, I got to go. I've got a bubble emergency. But this is episode twelve. Remember to love us, love us. Remember to love us on the socials and uh, and everywhere around. I've got to go, guys. Some serious bubble, some serious bubble incidents. Enjoy the episode, episode 12 with Imogen Clark. Welcome to the Dead Dad Society, Imogen Clark. Thanks so much for uh, for coming past, coming by. Oh,
1: it's a pleasure to be with you, Mitch. Thank you for having me.
0: Look at this is, uh, this is cool. This is cool to me to have such a, a, uh, a revered, I'm going to say revered. Is that the right word? A, rever- a oh, revered? I- well, that's a lovely word to use, thank you. As I said it, I was like, I'm not sure revered is the right word, but- Look, uh, it, part is, of me
1: wants to think it's like almost, I can't tell if it has good or bad connotations. I think they're good, but I should know this, but I don't.
0: <laughs> yes, no, no, that's all good, it's all good. Yes, you are re- I think in terms of uh, what I mean by that is, um, let's, let's try again. <laughs> Someone very well well respected. So someone that is very uh, very popular in her in her chosen industry. That's not to say that my other guests aren't popular or or revered. Even that's apparently that's a word that is part of my vocabulary now. Um, but I'm sitting here. I'm talking to someone that is literally opening for in in all like some of the biggest acts in Australian music. Uh, some of the biggest acts in world music. Uh, you know, I mess. I messaged you the other day, and I said, "Like, do you want me to mention the three-time Golden, gu- uh, gu- golden Guitar nominee? Like, this is this is a big this is a big get for me to to have a, to have a star you. on."
1: Oh, stop it. You're too kind. No, I, I very much appreciate that. It's very lovely to, I actually love doing podcast interviews because I, I like to talk a lot and I do a lot of interviews that are really quick, like, you know, minute or two long on the radio or something. So it's actually really nice to get a chance to have a long chat about something. Yeah, I think
0: it's very fun. For sure. And all the, all the questions I'm sure are just so imogen like, album's coming out soon tell us all about it and you're like
1: yes very much oh. that and um and the one we always joke about is so tell us the Imogen Clark story that's the best question you get because you never know how what do you, what where do you st- that's my whole life is that story I don't know what you want from me
0: <laughs> yeah how like how detailed do you want it like are we going like I was born on so-and-so of, <laughs> of so-and-so in 1990 something
1: Thursday yeah it's kind
0: of silly yeah it's, it's a bit like and I feel like for a five minute for a five minute radio interview tell us the Imogen Clark story like tell <laughs> us the tell us everything that's ever happened and you're like oh thanks man that you assume that I can wrap yeah. this whole life up into yeah. probably four minutes because we've got to do a bit of housekeeping
1: yeah thank you for narrowing uh by the thank you for making it nice and broad what you want me to talk about i appreciate it so much mate
0: <laughs> that's it that's it and all, like also thanks for uh thanks for justifying uh mum and dad's mum and dad's choice to have me um you <laughs> yeah. know, i've been wrapped up into i've been wrapped up into four minutes
1: yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. It's very funny, but it's normally you find that when people haven't read your bio or don't know anything about you and their boss has just gone, hey, today you're interviewing Imogen Clark and they're like, who the fuck is Imogen Clark? And then, um, oh, is it okay if I swear on your podcast? I should have asked that before we no, started. it's
0: not at all. Never do it. No, but yes, please. That's totally
1: fine. Excellent. I figured <laughs> being a comedian, you'd be all about the swearing, but I probably should have asked that before just, you know, dropping the F-bomb. Um, well, look, but yeah, it's... If,
0: <laughs> it's it's yeah i mean the podcast itself is called dead dad society i think uh whatever whatever kind of taste we had is is gone
1: yeah uh, whatever so, taboos that worry yeah let's let's not worry about throwing little, them out the window
0: a little f-bomb <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry awesome. what were we saying so what were you we saying about the uh oh
1: yeah day? it's just yeah it's very regularly you know someone's boss will just go like ah, uh, you know here's um you're going to interview this person today and they'll have no idea who you are but they won't bother to read anything about you and they'll just go you know so that so like what's the imogen clark story and that's just the easy question that they can ask
0: you which i get but
1: it's also very lazy
0: (laughs) it's so lazy it's 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 probably the laziest uh, form of interviewing and from that uh to people that don't know who you are what's the image and clark story
1: <laughs> yes i
0: knew you see what do i've that. done yes
1: 100 uh, yes, percent, perfect um yeah well i mean it's such a funny like it's such a funny question because i always think it would be really great to just make a bunch of bullshit up when people say that like to be like Absolutely. well I was raised in Tibet, and uh, and you know I I've climbed the highest peaks of the earth, and I've yeah. made my career in mountaineering, and just make up a whole bunch of shit that's not even to do with music, and just see if people buy it.
0: Yeah, and just like just make it absurd. Be like, oh, you know, you you look back. Do you remember the uh, the very iconic photo of the the two uh, African American gentlemen on the podium at the Olympics? They're doing the Black Panther symbol. <laughs> There was a, there was a white man on the podium and that was, that's my dad. And, oh, yes. Just and make like,
1: up so much shit.
0: It's like, did we get this chick on to talk about an EP or something? Like what, like yeah. what's the deal? It's like,
1: I thought this was a musician, but I guess I just need to listen to whatever she's saying and go and roll with it because I have no idea.
0: Yeah. is It's like, did you write, like did you write this album when you are in mountaineering or? in Tibet? Or <laughs> what, what's the relevance Where is here? it going? That's I'm it. confused
1: about the link between these two scenarios. But yeah, I mean, all you really need to know about me is that I play music, I sing, I play music, I write songs, and that's what I do for a living. And it, it, it feels like a cool thing, even just to be able to say that, because it's my dream job. It's what I've always wanted to do.
0: Amazing! How good's that? That sounds like the that sounds like the spiel that you've that you've got pre written for uh, radio idiots. That's not, I'm not going to say radio <laughs> idiots. Uh, I apologise to all all idiots, uh, all radio people. Um, but I
1: apologise to all the idiots.
0: I apologise to every idiot uh, that's ever asked you an idiot question. But okay, so like you sent me you sent me through a bio i did know i did know your uh i did know your accolades we've worked together well i think like three or four times now i think possibly through through listen up um i certainly knew your accolades we're talking like opening for shania twain like as someone that grew up in the 90s 2000s like could like i don't know if you could hit it on the nail, like hit the nail on the head any harder of like just that's a get like that is such a good get
1: oh thank you i definitely agree um it was it felt like an absolute dream come true moment of my life where it was such a cliched moment of of excitement where i was like i think i've made it like (laughs) like, my agent called me and was like i have this gig you're going to freak out and you know obviously shania twain is a huge influence on me as she is with so many female musicians, especially. And like, I, yeah, I just remember feeling that, you know, if I could play, it was certainly the biggest crowd I'd ever played to It was like 17,000 people or something. And Whoa. it was very um, nerve wracking and exciting. And, you know, I just felt like that was a definite level up. It was like, I was in a video game doing a bit of a level up in my career. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. So where did you end up playing? Where did you end up supporting her? Like, was it a part of a, part of like a greater tour or was it just the Sydney leg or?
1: Yeah, it was part of a, a an Australian tour. It was her most recent record um, she put out and she, It was the most recent time she came out to Australia. So that was 2018, I believe. And um, it was just at her show in the Hunter Valley. So it was at Hope Estate, which is this beautiful outdoor um, arena. So gorgeous, big giant winery where they do live music. And like I've seen Bruce Springsteen there and just so many exciting shows that I've watched there. So to be on that stage, and it was the biggest stage, like. I played in a trio format, so just standing there, we felt like we took up one 18th of the stage because it was just mm. huge. And then later, you know, we were obviously watching the show and Shania had dances and, like, people doing all this amazing choreography and these, like, moving LED light boxes kind of, like, moving across the stage. And we were just like, this is wild. We were just on that stage performing.
0: That's so cool. Is that, like, a... Is that, because you're Blue Mountains originally, right? That's
1: Yeah, like, absolutely, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Is that a thing where Blue Mountains, you know, high school Imogen is just like pinching herself, like what the hell? Like what is this?
1: Definitely. I'm still pinching myself and it happened two years ago. Like it's very, <laughs> it's very surreal to to be able to play a show like that with a hero of yours and just be on that same stage. And I think that every time something like that happens, it's like just a really lovely um it, like vote of confidence and encouragement that you're on the right path and that people you know are noticing the hard work you're doing and, and believe yeah. you deserve to be on that stage and that's really exciting because it can be a scary industry as we all know in the entertainment industry nothing's guaranteed so
0: no 2020 is a is a perfect example of uh oh my god
1: 2020 I mean, I feel like there's nothing original I can say about it that everyone else hasn't been saying for months now of like, yeah. <laughs> what an unprecedented time we're living in and all this yeah. stuff that we're all saying all the time now. But it really just has been a bit of a, one of those years that just, the gift that keeps on giving, you know, big just bag of shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, like, it's such a, like, I, even recently I was like, you know, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be looking back on this in, you know, 2040 or 2060 being like, remember 2020? Like, that was crazy. Oh. Um, and I even, like, I tried to make a joke out of it being like, like, when there was the whole, you know, the, the toilet roll uh, <laughs> epi- epidemic, uh, I was oh. like, we're going to look back at the, like, how we look back at the great emu war of, like, 1800, <laughs> whatever, that's how people are going to look back at us fighting over toilet paper. Like, that's surely it.
1: It was a sad moment in human history, that is certain. It, it was definitely the weirdest thing I'd, I'd seen in my lifetime, people fighting over toilet paper and having limits to the amount of toilet paper you were allowed to buy because people were fighting over it. It was just a bizarre time. And I think I still am trying to wrap my head around 2020 and all the wonderful things it's like thrown our way, you know. It yeah. just seems to keep, just it just, it doesn't give up, does it?
0: No, not at all I feel like to- well toilet paper is one of those things where uh the pandemic has made us like really carefree in the sense of like embarrassment, so like before if you're going to the shops and buying toilet paper, you're like i'm just getting in, I'm getting out like I'm not yep. letting people see me like they'll know that I go to the toilet like that's not i don't want pe- i don't want people to I know don't that want
1: them to know that
0: I don't want them to know like i i' I think they I guess they think I go to the toilet, like I guess they assume I do, but I don't want to I don't wanna <laughs> confirm don't it proof. for them. That's it. Like I'm holding this, I'm like, yes, I've I've done it before. Um but now everyone's literally fighting over it like, you know, trolleys and trolleys. like you know, there's people with garages full and it's like there's no embarrassment anymore. Like people are just like, Yeah, I'll go to the toilet and uh, you know, I've got the now I've yeah. got the materials. So
1: Absolutely. I love it. And I had uh, like a yeah it was' it's, a, it's all the cards are on the table now. I had a friend um, that uh, put up a hilarious status when her when it was the midst of the toilet paper crisis mm. and she put up this this Facebook status that was a uh, message thread between her and her husband and her husband was saying um, hey I'm a little bit I'm coming home a little bit late stayed back a little bit bit at work so I could do a poo at work and use their toilet paper."
0: <laughs> Yes. And how then she good is was that? Like,
1: and she responded like, thanks, honey. That's really great. Like, when, yeah. And I was just like, it was really one of those not all heroes wear cape scenarios where you just are like, Absolutely. well done, mate.
0: That's so good. Yeah. That's it, man. <laughs> so Seriously, if if the things are there, like I I was even sort of saying this thing about how I'm, you know, when I'm at home, like I'm a very quick, like soap, hand washing kind of guy yeah. Since I've been out, I'm like, like if I've ever gone out, I'm just like, I'm over the top with the hand washing. I'm like, I'm just using all this stuff. So I get where no. it's coming from. you got to use, you got to use everything that you can get. You know, who knows? We might, we might go another lockdown tomorrow. Who knows? And then, yeah.
1: You gotta be thrifty in these times. You really gotta be careful. It's, it's important. And I'm the same. I've been, I'm a germaphobe at the best of times before the pandemic. I carried around so so much hand sanitizer in my purse all the time. Yep. And now it's almost like my hypochondria is out of control. Like I'm just <laughs> going nuts on the hand sanitizer and I'm I'm scared of getting near anybody or touching anything that anyone else has touched and it's just a very strange time but it does make you realize so many people no concept of uh, hygiene whatsoever. Like, how many times have you been in a public bathroom and watched somebody walk out of a cubicle or walk mm-hmm. away from a urinal? Maybe in your case, not perhaps mine, but walk away and just well, not wash you. their Could hands.
0: You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like leave. It's I had. I went to the, I went to the beach the other day. Took my daughter to the beach for the first time. Like, just you know, let's let's go check it out. And we went yes. to the toilets. And as I'm leaving the like as I'm leaving the toilet, I'm washing my hands. And in the time I washed my hands, a guy came in, went to the urinal, and left. And I was just like, <gasps> I wanted to just be like, 2020, like, what are we doing? Yeah. come on, man.
1: I mean, in the best of times, out. gross, but in 2020, you irresponsible human being.
0: That's it. And the only, the only out, the only you know thing I will give him is if he walked straight into the ocean. Like if he just had a big old, <laughs> if he had a big old salt water bath immediately, then that's fine. You know, that's your hands he are probably clean. then. From mate, the
1: urinal straight into the ocean. Yeah. Right into 100%. the ocean. Yes. I mean, I'm glad he went oh. to
0: the urinals. Like he could have, I mean, if he, I just watched him go to the toilet, he could have stayed in the ocean. It's not like.
1: That's true. <laughs> I mean, the where ocean, does he draw the line?
0: That's it. The ocean doesn't have that, like, stuff, the green dye stuff, like when you pee in the public pool and it tells everyone. The ocean doesn't have that. So, I mean, he could have done it. He could have done it. He would have got away with it.
1: I mean, how does that stuff work, like, when parents with their
0: kids in the water? Surely that's, like, that's just going to happen all the time. Pretty much. Pretty much. We had a, uh, not myself, but when i was at the pool oh six months ago i think oh no no that's right 2020 uh maybe like a year ago (laughs) to be honest Uh, time uh, is
1: nothing time time, means nothing now
0: no honestly before march like sorry but from here back to march like nothing Nothing. haven't done yeah haven't really done a thing but uh, (laughs) we had a we had a code brown when we were at the pool and there was just like there was just a little like a, a a lady like holding a kid, and she's like, "I'm so sorry." The, the lifeguards were like, <laughs> the, like, "It was like it was life and death stuff." The like lifeguards were like, "It's a code brown!" Like everyone out. It was like, "Is it, was it a,
1: really called a code
0: brown?" Is it code really? Brown. Code brown. Code That is was the it. best
1: thing I've ever heard.
0: It was the um, it was the opening scene of like not the opening scene. It was like the opening of uh, uh, when you go to the town in Jaws, and it's like, "Get out of the water!" Like the. the oh the my god. It was that. it Was it's a code brown? And everyone went. Yeah. Yeah, but there was what no
1: i mean considering this podcast is about traumatic events i should mention <laughs> that i traumatized my mother many times as a child because she she i blame it on her because she instilled in me an intense fear of public toilets because she was Mm -hmm. always like germy so she was like oh there's germs and like don't go near and like just squat and don't actually sit on the toilet it's like yucky don't touch anything so then i like as a kid i was terrified of public bathrooms so then like i would be so scared to go to the bathroom so then she why am i talking about this Anyway, I've done it. And then, like, I'd get in the public pool, and I'm a, like a tiny child, so it's fine. But, you know, mum's like, poor mum is like, every time I'd get in the water, I'd just like piss or shit myself. And mum would just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> just use a, bu- use a toilet. What is wrong with you? Like, we literally,
0: what? We, we just took you where you needed to do that.
1: Like, I, know, I know she's like this is not the place now is not the time I
0: was, yeah I haven't had any too like with my daughter I haven't had too many major obvious you know things happen but I haven't had too many major public emergencies where it's like you know you're hated by the town where you're like I'm sorry like yeah yes. like she pissed on the floor of a Westfield I'm sorry about that like <laughs>
1: I mean, look, it's, it's also, it's apparently a thing I did to my whole family. Cause when I was, I don't remember this, but when I was in kindergarten, I, uh, I was once again, terrified of going to the toilet at school. So would try and hold on all day. So then mum picked, I know, so good for you. And then <laughs> I entirely encourage everybody to try not to piss for an entire day. Um, and then my mum picked me up and my brother, who's older than, you know, a few years older than me, so old enough to have a sort of sense of what is cool and what is not and have friends that have a sense of what is cool and what is not and then yeah. as we're walking out of the school I just started to piss myself in the middle of the school grounds with all his friends around and he was mortified and he did not forgive me for years I swear it has damaged our relationship to this <laughs> day.
0: We like deathbed be deathbed stuff he'll be doing doing your eulogy or something and it will be like In all honesty, I didn't want to, I didn't really want to do this. Uh, I still haven't gotten over when Imogen pissed herself (laughs) on the Oval. Just like, like.
1: you know, like he just, he just was starting to get cool. Just starting to get in with the cool kids.
0: That's it. He just got that invite to, I don't know, Sammy something or other's birthday party. And then (laughs) Sammy saw you piss your pants and he was like, I don't know. You know what?
1: Maybe I don't want this breeding at my, uh, at my birthday party. I don't want these genetics there.
0: Yeah, sorry, we're at full capacity. So like, okay. <laughs> sorry, there. The obvious. Oh um, God. Going back, going back a little bit. Um, Shania, Shania, she was, she was cool. She was, uh, she she hit the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She she met the. You know, they say you don't want to meet your heroes sometimes. Like
1: yeah, yeah. I, yep.
0: you know, I met a pretty big comedian that I idolized, and when I met him, I was like, I'm such a big fan, and he was like. Oh yeah, cool. And I was like, Can I get a photo? And um, he's like, Nah. And I was like, Okay. Uh, Can I get an autograph? Uh, like my dad. My dad loves you. And he was like, I don't do that sort of thing. Hey. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> and, I, and like, I used to oh, love. No. This, I, it is, but I used to love this guy, and it was like insane to just be like, Okay. And like, I had. He was like, He's not from Australia, and he had he had a show on the next week and I had tickets to it. And I feel like I just went, when I got to the show, I was just kind of like, "Yeah, like I'll still watch it. But. I
1: hate that. Like, I understand that people have, you know, I understand that everyone is uh, entitled to deal with their success in a different way and to deal with people, but like to deal with their fans in a different way. But I, I just would never understand that because to me, the people that, you know, in your case love your jokes and come to your shows and laugh at your, like, mm. material and get you as, an, as a comedian. For me, the people that connect with my music and buy tickets to the shows, like, they're the people that make you who you are and make you able to do this thing you love as a yes. job. And without those people, there is literally no career for you. So to be kind of rude to those people when, you know, they're meeting someone that, like, has given them a career, basically... Mm. I yeah. think it's just really rude and, and strange. And I've, I've always been so grateful if someone comes up to me and says that they've been influenced by my music because I, I'm so... That I remember feeling like that. I feel like that for other artists yeah. that I gotcha. admire and that shapes my work. So if I can influence somebody else and connect with someone else, then that's happy days. That's amazing for me.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I've, I've even had, like, a bit of a... Not self-discovery, but, like, a self-realisation. Like, I probably yeah maybe two years ago or so there was a just a guy that you know he's always commenting on my stuff he's always liking my stuff he's always you know sending me jokes and sending me this and that and, and it was like I was like I said to one of my mates I was like fuck it's like it's getting annoying like I'm actually yeah. kind of getting annoyed by it and he was like what's he doing though and I was like I don't know he's, he's just and then I sat there for a second and I was like he's just trying to connect with me and then I like looked yeah. at my mate and I was like fuck and he was like you heard it and I was like yeah yeah he's just I'm yeah. like I like." I said he's just trying to connect with me and I was like what the fuck's wrong with that and I was like so ever since then like I've just kind of been like every time he says something just say something back and he comes to all my shows and it's like how good is that like I've got this guy that comes to all my stuff but that's uh, awesome for, for two seconds I'm going like oh this is annoying and it's like oh what a hard life you've got that this guy sends you but jokes yeah. all the time
1: That's a wonderful way to think about it. And it's great. It would be great if more people thought about it like that. And I I remember seeing, because I'm a huge uh, Taylor Swift fan, and I remember seeing an interview with her where she was saying that, you know, I don't know, this probably would have changed now given that she's even at a higher level of success now than she was back when she did this interview. But she was just saying she'd go out to a cafe to have lunch with someone and then someone in the cafe would tweet that she was there. And then within 20 minutes or half an hour, there would be a line out the door of people wanting autographs and she would be trying to have lunch with a friend. But she always said that she was just she would just she would do it she would sign all their autographs yeah. and meet everyone because she just was like well without these people I don't have this life that I love and I don't you know I mean simply don't have all this money but also don't have don't get to do the thing I enjoy you know yeah. Yeah. it's so important to
0: appreciate those people that's it and it's so hard like I know you know a bunch of sort of big comics and, and big actors and stuff talk about and probably musicians as well of course but they talk about you know there's the people that sort of take the piss with that and come up and they're like can you sign this for me and then it's like there's like 20 headshots and they want signatures and then you know they're selling them on ebay and all that sort of stuff oh god and like like, you've got it's so hard to be like oh i'll sign you know i'll sign for kids and these people and that and you know fans but it's like when a middle-aged dude comes up with 30 headshots you're like well no i'm not gonna Obviously no do i'll give you i'll do one i'll give you one yeah that's, fine, that's right
1: exactly there is a line of course there's always a line with these things and unfortunately there's always people that are going to push it too far as well <laughs>
0: absolutely absolutely so shania meets the shania meets the criteria she did she's good like do did yes. you have much of it much of an interaction I
1: actually, unfortunately, I didn't get to meet her as with a lot of those really big like arena shows. They have a really intricate backstage area. And because there was crazy amount of traffic for her show, she got caught in her own traffic so she was like in a black car yeah Yeah, Yeah. it was funny she was like in a big black car on the way to the show and they had to like go up on the side of the curb and like drive through all the like past all the traffic to get her to the gig in time. So she got out of the car onto the stage and then off the stage into the car so it was very like it wasn't that she was you know obviously it was nothing to do with rudeness or anything it was just practicality Um, so unfortunately i didn't get to meet her but um did, you know, get to um, give her a little letter that I'd written saying thank you for yeah. having me and how grateful I was. Um, so so that was really, really fun. It was a, a beautiful moment that I honestly will never forget. Standing side of stage, just being like, I'm about to play on this stage. Like, what is going on? Just feeling so nervous. I was jumping up and down trying to get rid of all the
0: nervous energy. Yeah. There's no, nothing personal uh, in that. Like, she didn't, She didn't know that you pissed your pants and embarrassed your family (laughs) or anything like that.
1: She was like, you know what, your brother called me and uh, I'm really not keen to meet you.
0: Yeah, Sammy from the the story (laughs) earlier actually grew up to be Sam Smith and he's a really good friend of mine. And uh, he told me over some sort of lunch that he embarrassed yourself at the... Something around, that is like, the stuff school. of my <laughs>
1: nightmares. This is the stuff of my nightmares.
0: That's it, when it's so like weirdly, like something from your childhood that comes into like adult life where you're like, I don't know. It's like I, it's I don't know. We're so we're such bathroom humor, but like I had a <laughs> I had a I had a toilet incident in like year three, <laughs> and if yes. I I don't know if I you know if I was sort of doing something in this day and age and then it was like. But what if they know about this? Like, what if they know about you three? <laughs> That'll be the worst.
1: Oh my god, it's it's brilliant. I mean, the thing is, like, that that sort of humour is so great to me because I think there there's so much like snobbery about us as humans, just feeling like we're so good. But in reality, we all go to the toilet just like everybody yeah. else. Even people that have big mansions and a lot of money and fancy cars, they still go. They still shit like everybody else.
0: So maybe they have a, you know, they might have a hose or something like a fancy (laughs) day, but they're not. They're not stressed (laughs) about the. I said hose. hose. Yeah, I said hose. (laughs) I said hose. Yeah, it's the most. uh, it's the most Australian thing. It's its just one of those like garden, those green garden hoses in it, isn't it? <laughs> it comes out imagine, of the
1: that is something I can imagine like in a Simpsons episode, like Homer Simpson rigging up like a little hose within yeah. his toilet to make it seem really fancy and like a bidet. It's like the most like, bogan way of doing
0: it. I feel like, like when bidets like first came to Australia, there would have been so many people that were like, <laughs> nah, that's like, I'm not into that. That's fancy, blah, blah, blah. But if we just had like, even if it was still just the same old bidet or whatever, but we had something, you know, like when you put a new cover on your phone, like let's put a new <laughs> cover on the, on the bidet, but it's a, it's a green garden host.
1: Yes. You know what? I think you're onto something. I think, I think I'm you call, should definitely, it? I'm call yeah, organise this.
0: Was it, it Shark <laughs> Mark Cuban or yes. whoever it is? yes definitely patent that straight away <laughs> i know i know so yeah i said before that we'd work together uh yeah three or four times like through through listen up music we're both ambassadors uh it's a you know it's a uh what's about mental, mental health awareness uh charity uh organization that sort of does these songwriting competitions they put it on comedy nights they've put on different shows but over the last couple of years we've we've sort of parts because we've worked on a few of them yeah. um and i guess that is you know my my work with ali like ali is unfortunately also like myself in the in the dead dad society and we talk we talk a lot about that sort of stuff um, and that's i guess one of the things behind the podcast is like you don't have to have a dead dad to be in the society this is more of a support group uh support group in the form of a podcast um, and i love it you know, I I know that you're you're very lucky, your dad is still with us, you know, nice yes. Nice for yep. some. Um very, but...
1: very glad, yes.
0: <laughs> but um so you you were sort of saying to me earlier that twenty twenty has kind of thrown a bit of a curveball at your dad, uh health wise though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been one of those years, you know, like we started off the year with um, some pretty terrible fires um, in our area, which of course affected um, many, many people. Um, Mm. We were the lucky ones who kept our house, which was wonderful, but uh, that was a bit tough. I went away to America, and then when I came back, it was flooded, and it was I couldn't get to my house, which was Other super opposite. weird.
0: That's good. That's I know. Really good.
1: Classic Australia. We love it. We love to see it. <laughs> and then, um, and then shortly after that, the pandemic hit. And then shortly after that, my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Which was a you know a very interesting thing for our family, and he's very open about it. Always talks to people about his experience with it, and he was extremely lucky to have a wonderful doctor who caught it really early, and operated very quickly, and was a, a wonderful surgeon who um, was very trusted and basically came like highest recommended surgeon. So, uh, yeah. my dad is touch wood currently cancer free, which is really wonderful and I feel very grateful for that Uh, but there was a bit of a yeah a bit of a tough time there and his recovery was a bit rocky so um, it's been yeah it's been an interesting time and and it's not the first time he's had cancer either he's also had some skin cancer issues in the past so it was a bit of a scary one and um, you know obviously you're never fully out of the woods with cancer um, which is I think the scariest thing about it is you're always a little bit on edge about it um, but we are in the best position we could hope to be in with it, which is great, but it was still... It's still just added to the wonderful fuckery of this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is... I have not heard it put like that, but its it, it sums it up perfectly, though, doesn't it? Like, the wonderful fuckery of, of 2020. That's
1: Yeah, that's what I've been saying to everybody, like, in emails. It seems to be like, you know, when, when the pandemic started and you'd start your email with hope you're going okay in these unprecedented times or something very professional like that. And then over time, it slowly, like, sort of degraded into, I hope the fuckery of this year hasn't fucked you over too hard. Like, it was like, I know you're fucked over in some way by this year. How, just how much, I hope is little.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's it's literally the, uh, I remember sending some invoices towards the start of the pandemic and it was like, hello, like, I completely understand that you are uh, possibly not in the same financial situation you were when we agreed that you would give me this money. Uh, but <laughs> when I, we made I, this I needed it, yeah. like I, <laughs> But I would like it. I provided the service. And then like I had one guy reply to me being like, you know, made i pay you as soon as I can kind of thing. I, you know, I hope you understand. I've lost like 30 grand's worth of business. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Like it really does suck. But it's also like... Mm. I just need that like 300 bucks. Can not have that 300 bucks? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's absolutely like that because at the same time, while that is obviously terrible for him, it's you're also a business and you're mm. a sole trader business and you're also going, you also have a family and you're, you also knew probably at that point that you were likely to lose a lot of business yeah. in the next few months, which we all were going to in the entertainment industry. So it's like, Who's more, you know, who needs that money more? Neither of us need yeah. it more. We both need it, but it was a deal. So it's like, it's so I, hard, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Oh. And that's, like, I'm, you know, uh, you know, I'm looking at, uh, like I'm sending those invoices and stuff and I'm, I'm sort of following up on them. And it's like, I'm watching, you know, Torch Fest, like the Listen Up Festival, like that gets cancelled. Then uh, <sighs> Sydney, Sydney Comedy Fest gets cancelled. Melbourne Comedy Fest gets cancelled. And it's like, you know, there's a potential of, there's a potential of some all right money coming in, yeah. uh, you know, then you've got, uh, you know, the venues, you know, the venues for the festivals, Sydney was all right, but the, the venues for Melbourne comedy fest are like, yeah, it was non-refundable. And you're like, <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, uh, and no. like, you know, then you've got, you know, your airplane tickets. And it's like, <laughs> I was, I was being, I was being cheap trying to get down there cheap. And it's like, I just bought, I was like, I don't care. I'm going down by myself. I'll just buy tiger flights and then yeah. Tiger just goes belly up and it's like oh god so I you
1: didn't I'm get like, any of that money from they they don't give any money back for that if they go bankrupt or what's the deal i have no idea i think
0: i believe and this is i've had like three different emails now i believe <laughs> i now have a virgin credit i think oh oh that's think, that's pretty good that's good i think yeah i think but also like it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like someone, someone bought me a movie. Someone bought me a movie, like an event cinemas gift card for Christmas last year. Yeah. And oh. it's like, oh, like I haven't. There's no movies. Like I can't go. Yeah. Like, I mean, there, no, is, there is, now. But it's like, yes. Do I get that? Do I get that extra time added to the gift card? It's kind of like the flight credit. It's like,
1: ah, oh, because oh. you're not. No, of course, I'm forgetting. No one's going. No one's taking <laughs> yeah. flights
0: right now. It's Jesus. Like I'm not going to. I'm not going out on a limb, being like, mm, I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm feeling New Zealand, 2021. Let's do it, guys.
1: I'm feeling international travel and getting a deadly respiratory disease.
0: Not at all. Like, and they're talking at the moment about possibly opening up like a a travel agreement between I think it was maybe New South Wales and uh, yes. New Zealand. And it's like, <laughs> like, let's just calm down a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> Like, Do I'm, we really
1: need to go to New Zealand right now? We probably don't
0: for a just a little bit more. It's October. We've been like this since March. Like I'm sure we can have uh, you know, how many months are there? November, December as well. You know, October, November, yeah. December. Yeah. Let's just yeah. we'll, we will, like I said, we'll start fresh twenty twenty one. Who cares?
1: Yeah. I think this this New Year's Eve is going to have so much fucking 2020 energy, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Like, the oh amount of you know, how people always put up those posts, and I've been guilty of it, yeah. of course, but yeah. like, put up those posts like, This year's been amazing, this is what I've done, this is what I'm, you know, I've achieved all my dreams this year, and now I'm so proud <laughs> of myself. And, like, yeah, great, like, good to be proud of yourself. But this year's New Year's Eve is going to be like, fuck you 2020 I want nothing to do with you anymore Yeah, I'm yeeting you out of here like just later dazing out of here and into
0: 2021 I can't remember if it was was either 2017 or 2018 there was like a crazy amount of like very important very uh, you know influential celebrity deaths and I remember when we went towards the end of that year it was like like you have like 2017 bye like the worst year ever blah 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 like bring on bring on 2018 and like even like actually now that i'm thinking about i feel like it might have even been 2019 that was the major like celebrity death year and it was like bring on 2020 was done for and it's like you know january something or other it's like kobe bryant dies and it's like oh, oh all right and like we're bush firing and we're doing it's like i see what's happening like
1: no, it was it was doomed. Like from the very beginning, it I it's kind of insane because I've actually just today gone back into the studio for the first time. And by studio, mm. I mean I'm actually zooming with my engineer and producer who are in LA, and my manager and I are zooming in from Sydney. So actually making the record oh, wow. from afar, which is obviously not something I've never done before. Very. Um, uncharted territory for us we're very excited about it and it's very interesting but um, you know it's just great to be doing that but when when I was last with them recording the most recent EP which just came out was January in America and it was so covid already existed, but it just wasn't, um, wow. you know, it wasn't a pandemic yet. It hadn't spread to the point of sort of fearfulness at that point. So we were just going around, you know, having dinners and going out for drinks and going to karaoke bars and singing on the same mic that 300 other people had yeah. sung on that night and, having, and traveling around the world in planes and having no clue what was about to happen within like three weeks of coming home from america it all just went belly up like it's insane the timing
0: yeah and it's there's so many like so many things that are now so ingrained in us like i'll be watching a movie and like someone will shake hands and i'll be like what are you guys doing like why are you shaking hands stop it yeah you know people are standing around like close in a circle and i'm like no no, like i'm i don't like this at all and there's so many like we've gone from you know i you know i work in a uh, like I have a job working in like quite a large shopping center. And it's like, you, walk, you work in this shopping center and it's like, there's so many people around, you know, they're, they don't want to lose their place in line. So they're all standing this far apart. And you know, or the food court, for example, it's like everyone's sneaking in and it's like, it's just crazy. It's... And I feel like we're really going to see a massive change. Like not even just for the next sort of six months or whatever, I think forever, like for, oh yeah. For, for quite a while we're gonna see, you know, the really the social distancing stuff stick around.
1: Definitely. I so agree with that. It's 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 not gonna go back to normal. It'll just be a new version of what normal is,
0: I think. that's see it. And we're like I've having uh I've had a bunch of auditions recently and I've got to say I don't mind it. Uh we're literally we're zooming or sending a self tape to uh, casting people because they you know they're trying to limit how much contact they have and it's like that's you know, great did,
1: much less nerve-wracking you
0: know, so much yeah so much so and it's like you know just even just the small things of like I, I live in Hornsby but it's like I'm not having to drive to the city for yeah. an audition that takes five minutes and then I sit in traffic coming back for you know blah 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 and it's like yeah Instead, it's just like, jump on Zoom at this time. And it's like, hey, guys, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. What's up? You know, here's my audition. Great. Thanks, like, like yeah,
1: so much. Super easy. So and with better. a young daughter like that as well, it's lovely to be home more, I'm guessing, you know? With a That's young it, child.
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's good. Um, I mean, don't tell her that. I don't want her getting uh, too confident or too cocky. <laughs> I half expected
1: you then to say, I mean, well, you know, she's 18, but it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm actually originally from the Central Coast, Imogen, and we like to start real young uh, on the Central Coast. Um, I'm 32 now, and she's a she's a prime 18. Um, I started at 14, and I'm actually pretty upset that she hasn't started. She's she's running late now, but she's 18.
1: <laughs> hey, I I, uh, I you joke, but I I come from the country, and it is it is
0: young out there oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, we talked about listen up we talked about listen up a little bit before um the last one that we did the one uh you know post post pandy post pandemic uh the last one that we did you played a song uh was it uh correct me about the the first word of the song i've forgotten it's something man good man Great man. It's
1: first first class man is the name of the song. First that class you heard man. Me play. Uh, yeah. I just got
0: I got one of them right. That's not bad, is it? Oh no! Yeah, no, it, you did
1: very well.
0: I it yeah, and it was the man. right
1: gist. You write the g- No, no, you wrote. You were right on the gist of the song as well. Well, you remembered <laughs> well.
0: I, see, I literally looked at I looked at your Spotify this afternoon to be like, please be on there. I want to know what it's called. <laughs> and I, was, I didn't want to be like. Oh. Tell me, tell me about the man song. Um. The man
1: song, <laughs>
0: <laughs> to which I would
1: wish I would
0: respond. That
1: applies to pretty much every one of my songs.
0: Every little heartbreak <laughs> that we've dropped in. Every
1: song is about a man in some way. <laughs> um, no, that that's I'm I'm sorry you couldn't find it on Spotify because it's so new that it's not not actually recorded yet, not released yet. So oh. hopefully soon. Will yes. that be part
0: of the will that be part of you know what you're working on with uh, yes, the Yes, uh, folks?
1: Very well could be, yes, absolutely. It's very yeah. exciting. Some yeah, I'm excited secretive. to get it out there. It's all very no, it's like I'm I'm, making, I'm being far too facetious about it. Yes. It's it's um it's gonna be lovely to put the song out there. i I had the immense pleasure of writing it with Colin Hay, who is just one of I think, you know, Australia's best songwriters and yeah. now lives in LA and um and just an incredible artist and an incredible singer. And it's just wonderful to have written a song with him about such a special topic.
0: Yeah. As a, as a comedian, uh, I think Colin Hay will always be uh, remembered to me for his like, cameo in Scrubs.
1: I love him in oh, Scrubs. It's, and it's he so does brilliant. a wonderful job yeah it's yeah. so it's, it's that's so what well got done a lot of people into him absolutely a lot of people didn't actually really know his music i think before that in an international sense i think yeah. a lot of Austra- us australians know him as like this legendary guy but i think it, it introduced a whole bunch of different people to his music that might not have found it otherwise which is really great
0: yeah that's really good so first first class man it was a beautiful song like uh on the night uh, really well received from the from the whole crowd. Everyone loved it. You you absolutely smashed it. Um, you Thank did before you before you played it or after you played it. I can't remember. You you did talk about the the topic of the song. Would you? would you feel comfortable or talking about yeah that?
1: absolutely absolutely so um so linking with um the shania situation actually on that stage uh, i was playing with a beautiful friend and mentor of mine i would known him since i was 14 or 15 years old and um, his name was glenn hannah and glenn had been, uh, you know, a, as I said, a wonderful friend and mentor from a very young age for me, but also had recently uh, become a member of my band at that point in time. So mm. he was playing with me at the Chennai gig. We played a whole bunch of shows on tour for my last album, which is Collide. And um, we, you know, Glenn had been somebody in my life that had just sort of been around for all of the most important most exciting, momentous sort of musical occasions, like, you know, playing with a band for the first time. That was an experience I had with Glenn. And, you know, playing for big crowds for the first time. And he just kind of was there for all of the great moments. But as well as that, he was a friend and, you know, a family friend of ours. And so, um, you know, in uh, what I wrote the song about was that, Glenn lost his battle with depression uh, last year, yeah. and it was you know obviously an incredible shock um, and incredibly heartbreaking for so, so many people. He was just the most bright, uh, kind, humble, incredibly off the charts talented man Mm. and so many of us I think it just goes to show that the struggles that people have are so often so far beneath the surface that you just can't even begin to scratch away the paint and see what's underneath and so you know it kind of it, it sent shockwaves through the Australian music industry and I felt like I could trust Colin Hay with this idea that I'd been, I'd been wanting to write this song called First Class Man about Glenn because I was actually talking to my dad at one point after Glenn's passing and was just sort of, we were just feeling so um, at a loss as to what to say yeah, and yeah. my dad sort of said it's really just that we've just lost a first class man and I just as soon as he said it, I just thought that That's really perfect. is what he was. Like, he, he was that sort of a guy. And so um, I thought Colin would be a great person to write the song with. And I, I think, you know, he was so, so open to talking about it and, and writing it into a song. And I think, you know, what was what was so confusing about it was that I felt like, I felt confusion and wanting to understand what had happened, but I also felt like, how did I have a right to feel this way when I wasn't even the closest person yeah. to Glenn? There were so many people who were closer, which is actually a lyric that's in the song is, you know, there were those who were closer, um, you know, his family and closer friends and and we were really business had a business relationship, but it's just those unanswered questions that yeah. go through your head when somebody, um, takes their own life like that so it was a very um, heartbreaking and sort of shocking time but I think writing the song you know I I just wanted to write it for everyone for Glenn and for everybody who misses him basically.
0: Yeah that's no, so, so so true like you do have that like not uh, you know not, not through taking their own life but like I, I lost a friend who was it was you know someone I grew up with and you know hadn't super seen recently and you kind of like it really threw me for a loop um yeah and you know i'm seeing posts from family and you know girlfriend and all that sort of stuff and i'm you know i'm kind of you know upset about it but i'm, I'm going like be yeah, up like how can you like yeah you have that thing where you're like i'm not you know i'm i'm almost like putting myself down being like i'm second yeah. string i'm second string to this guy like yeah you know, how about the first string? you know so i I do get that but
1: I absolutely understand it's it's a form of guilt where you you feel like um you don't have a right to feel that way when so many other people are hurting worse than you um and I think what I always try and remember is that everybody is in entitled to those feelings and and if someone connected if you connected with somebody. You, you, know, you have a right to mourn their, their passing just as much as anybody else, even if you weren't as close with them as other people were, it yeah. still affects your life and you can still miss somebody and grieve their passing um, in a respectful way. You know, I'm always just so worried about it because I'd never want it to seem like... I, I never want it to be making it about me. It's not about yeah. me yeah. in any yeah. way. It's about Glenn and everybody who misses Glenn. Um, and so I think that was the that's the, the kicker of the whole thing was just trying to write the song in that way where it's about the, the lack of closure that everybody feels that I'm imagining everyone feels, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, if it's if it's any consolation, like if it makes you feel any better, it does not come across in any way in the song that you are saying like, "Woe is me." Uh, oh, you know, good. <laughs> Woe is me, you know um Glenn was my friend you know I'm gonna sing about Glenn like it's it's more just trying to tell good you know uh, not to call back but you're you're telling you're trying to tell the um you're trying to tell uh, like Glenn's you're trying to tell the Glenn Hannah story if you will yeah uh, like, you know, yeah you're doing
1: absolutely
0: that. um and like I you know it's a bit sort of uh I guess naive or ignorant of me as I hadn't heard of Glenn and when you sent the stuff through to me I I googled him and I and I researched him and and you know checked out all the stuff and and everything was everything was glowing like there was no there was no negativity um and a lot of the stuff you know even like you said seemed to be um it was a shock because it, it didn't seem to be that Obvious sort of thing, you know, that we can't take people at face value. That there's, you know, these demons inside, darker stuff inside. Um, And I think, uh, you know, it's it's the song. It's it's a really beautiful tribute to him. So you should definitely be.
1: Oh, thank you, Mitch. Thank you, I appreciate it. I think it's good to talk about this stuff because yeah as you're saying there's so many things under the surface humans are incredibly complicated creatures and there's a lot Mm. that um, people don't feel comfortable talking about or that they don't know who they can talk to or that it just feels like such a big problem that they're snowed under and they can't find even a crack to get out Mm. you know and I think that's that's the, the way that we hopefully beat that over time is through just making these things as talk aboutable as possible. Yeah, that is not yeah. a word.
0: But uh, you know what it. I mean? Yeah, I mean, please, I'm I'm the one earlier throwing around revered, and I didn't even know <laughs> what it meant. Look, at least um, yours
1: was a real word
0: <laughs> talk aboutable. Is that, is that, <laughs> I love That's it. literally I what
1: it. I said. I'm the daughter of an English
0: teacher. I should know better. <laughs> Please don't, please don't let him or her listen to this. Uh, They'll be so upset. And I'm sure I'll get corrected on what revered means. Um, but, okay, so with yourself, yourself and Glenn, obviously, music, huge part in your relationship, huge part in your life, huge part in his life. Um, I find, for me, when I think about dad, the number one thing that triggers me is music. So...
1: Oh, wow
0: how this i'm trying to navigate this but okay so i've told this story before on a on another podcast but uh you know coles like you know coles radio like as yep. in the the radio station that plays in Coles. Yep. they yep. play they seem to play 10 songs across the day and that's it and then every now and then there's a guy being like coles radio blah like <laughs> check out the specials um <laughs> one of the songs that seems to be in high rotation on the Coles radio is the song that we played at my dad's funeral. So I, you know, I can, I said this last time, I think on the last episode, but it's like, if I hear the start of, uh, I think it's jumping Jack flash. If if I hear the start of jumping Jack flash, then I know that the, you know, in one or two songs is going to be the song I don't want to hear.
1: Oh um, no! So I like, thought you were going to say that that was the funeral song, and I was like, "That's an interesting choice for, for
0: <laughs> a funeral song." Yeah, look, we, uh, you know, we we didn't want to have a, a um, you know, but, down a day. I just kind of make
1: people crying to jumping Jack
0: Flash. Yeah, it's just, but obviously, like, obviously, the, the beat, the rhythm, you still, you're still feeling it, but you're oh, I'm just so sad. Yeah.
1: Um, no that's horrible that that musical trigger is really difficult and so i'm imagining um there have been moments where you've been crying your eyes out in coals which is never
0: a good place where you want your life to be no no and it's you know if you're if you're standing in the middle of a bakery section as an overweight man it just looks you can't looks like you can't make a you can't make a decision (laughs) or something you can't make a decision it's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Donuts are on sale, but custard tarts are delicious, and they just think I'm crying because <laughs> of that. But I can't decide. I just don't know which one I want. I don't know, but they're both my favourite. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, I've definitely had, uh, I've definitely had moments uh, where it's been literally like, uh, or like fully like oh look shit like let's let's wrap this up oh god um and like the good the good the good thing is I've recently been given some airpods which because of because of the price of them I am so over the top careful with them that they are in my pocket (laughs) all the time like yes if I I go to work I go to a gig like even the other night like listen up I had them in my pocket anywhere I go they're in my pocket so it's yes. like, I've, I've probably got this barrier now. I've got the shield. shield. That's from a very radio. good idea.
1: That's a very good idea. I feel like there are certain songs always that remind me of past friendships or past relationships that maybe haven't ended well. And then when that song comes on, I just, yeah, I, and that is nowhere near the level of trauma that I feel would be, you know, involved with listening to a song that was played at your dad's funeral. Like, I think that's it's far worse and yet i still get emotional in that in that environment so that's kind of crazy
0: oh well, yeah i mean break like breakups and you know breakdowns of friendships and you know business relationships any of that sort of stuff it it sucks like i can was it um uh panic at the disco uh oh. it, panic at that first panic at the disco album there's a there's a song on that where yes if i listen to that i'm i'm back Seventeen years old, just got my P's, driving with my girlfriend. Uh, Amazing. You know, kind of not far away from breaking up. Got a thing, you know. Like <laughs> I can, I can listen. Like I can listen to that Panic at the Disco, and I'm like, immediately straight back there, you know. Driving, well, you know, in a way,
1: in a way, aren't we all? Aren't we all seventeen years old in our heart, driving around with our girlfriends on our P's, almost well, breaking up,
0: listening to Panic at the Disco. <laughs> That's I'm a, yeah, that's a, that's a new catchphrase, aren't we all just, it's like it's, seven it, lines It's a left. bumper sticker. <laughs> On the back, yeah, we're going to get it, we'll sell it, it's, it'll just be popular with uh, kids that have Pulsars and girls that have Suzuki Swifts. <laughs> <the> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I'm excited to get one. It's a new merch
0: possibility. So good. I've been trying, I've been Playing with the idea of like getting Dead Dad Society pins and giving them to people that are in the society, like the people yes. that you know have come. But uh, maybe it's a bumper sticker that says, "Aren't we all just seventeen, <laughs> driving around listening to Panic <laughs> at the Disco with our girlfriends?" In a comp- I can't even remember what it was.
1: We're all in—in in a sense, we're all always almost breaking up,
0: <laughs> most of the time. That's, There's so much, there's so much to, in a sense, aren't we all (laughs) thought of all of us doing this? Like, there's like four different things that like contradict each other.
1: You've really got to be like driving behind that person for a long time to read
0: that bumper sticker. Yeah, you're, you're begging, you're begging for a red light to catch that. The text is
1: far too small.
0: Yeah, what? It's like, it's, that's when you want, that's when you, uh, that's when you'd be happy to see like a love it or leave it sticker. Because you're like, oh, now I know. Now I know how they feel. Uh, yeah, I can absolutely. Just, I can read like, that. that's,
1: you know, yeah, gone fishing. You know,
0: that's <laughs> what happened to the simple ones. Magic, magic happens, or shit happens. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's really simple. It's like that was actually that's across the entire that's across the entire back bumper, and the font yeah. is like a tiny little font. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> do, you, do you have any like, uh, you know, you you mentioned the the relationships, so like a a song that reminds you of a relationship or, or even, you know, is there, is there any songs of course, probably first class man will probably do that down the track. for. De- for the
1: definitely. And, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I have a lot of, I mean, obviously my own songs are always kind of generally very autobiographical. So they're often hmm. based around things that have happened and I tend to write about, you know, both sides of a coin you know things gone not just love but you know things gone awry things that um, you know are really brilliant at the beginning but then you know the sort of the development of relationships whether it be like partners or um, family or friendships or whatever it might be Um, human connection I guess is probably what I put it down to but I think so a lot of my songs obviously remind me of the people I wrote them about but then there's so many songs that are just you know oh this person and I once played a gig and sung this song together and now it reminds me of them or like uh, they introduced me to this artist and whenever that artist comes on shuffle I have to skip it because Mm. it hurts thinking about it you know Um, music is such a powerful trigger like that
0: yeah it is it's so it's so immediate like it's yeah. very, it's very strange to to have that like uh, even you know past sort of past relationships you, you go to a concert with them like you said or you you, you know yourself playing music you just like
1: yeah oh,
0: man, those songs are those songs are dead to me now they're dead to me
1: yeah absolutely yeah that's kind of how it feels and it's a shame it's always such a shame sometimes that'll happen to me and I'll go you know like there was somebody uh that I was sort of you know so close with and then um and then our, our friendship sort of just fell apart um for reasons that were beyond my control and then it felt like every time I listened to a certain artist I was like it. W- I think it's um it's a beautiful amazing um artist but I just can't uh, it just reminds mm. me too much of of this person and I'm like damn it why, have, why did you have to ruin such a great why couldn't you have ruined like some terrible band that I was never going to listen to anyway that's it.
0: like why couldn't you have like shown me Skrillex or something or, you know, yeah just something yeah why like,
1: couldn't it
0: like I'm happy to lose that you know? not, yeah exactly not putting, this is an
1: acceptable loss
0: that's it. I'm not putting Skrillex down please don't, don't come for me uh, Skrillex <laughs> people but like the idea of it's like, oh, you know, I love, I love this artist. You even saying so yourself. You're like, they're beautiful, they're amazing, they're a great artist. Yeah. And stuff. But no, they're they're dead to me. They don't exist.
1: Yes, they're tinged now. They're tinged with the sadness of friendships past.
0: That's it. That's, I mean, at least that's good that you can you you've got your own songs to connect to. Uh, I think that yeah, that's to, true. To fall back on. That's it. I mean, and that's I, exactly right. I connect to your songs as well. Like I always, I feel like I always have uh, blues in my pocket as well. Um,
1: oh, thank you.
0: See what I did there? I've been yes, I've been, well done. I've been I've been spinning that. I've been spinning collide a, a fair bit. to be Oh,
1: honest. thank you. I'm so glad you like it. I'm I'm very glad. That's yeah. Um, gosh, it feels like a million years ago. Once again, time not existing during yeah. COVID, but it feels like a million years ago that that album came out and it was only two years ago, but it feels like it could have been 10
0: <laughs> was that the was that the album that got the 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 nods for like uh, golden guitar stuff
1: yes it was yeah so that was the one that diesel produced
0: wow that's really cool so what were the was it i'm trying to remember from it was was it best newcomer best album newcomer something like that for golden yes guitar?
1: so it was it was um best new artist um uh, uh, female artist of the year and alternative country album of the year which is super cool um and yeah very still something i'm very proud of
0: that's so cool that is uh that's like uh what's the, that's you know that's the mecca sort of stuff uh yeah for, you know obviously australian country music um that's you know Definitely. You hear about, that's really really cool so who yeah who did you lose to for female artist of the year and who do we need to fight like, what do I need to do?
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I lost to Becky Cole. And I think that's totally fair because Becky yeah. Cole is a total legend and yep. uh, her album was amazing. So, you know what? One 100% no hard
0: feelings. <laughs> i just so strange about that is that I have... I did not... I purposely did not look at anything to do with uh, the results. Um, I i thought because okay so here's where i'm going with that first of all i said you were a you're a nominee you're a nominee whereas if you had won i feel like you would have been like actually i won uh yeah. so i read that i read that and then the second thing was is that when you said female artist of the year i went <laughs> becky cole like i said in my head i went <laughs> becky cole
1: really wow yep. that's and, impressive. Uh,
0: Thank you. That's, and that's about the extent of the knowledge, uh, to be honest. Uh,
1: well, you know what? It's all great because, I mean, the thing about that, the awards was that, um, I, you know, it's such a small, the country music scene in Australia is such a small vibe, and so everyone that was I was nominated against for good friends of mine so it could have gone to anyone and I would have been proud you know it's kind of like one of those scenarios where um I also always have felt a little bit on the outer of the country scene because as you can probably hear in my music there are elements of country but it's certainly not doesn't feel, especially my most recent EP, doesn't really feel hugely um, dyed in the wall country. So I think yeah. there are parts of it that fit into other genres. So I was just grateful to get a look in, to be honest, because um, yeah. I never really knew where I belonged genre-wise and didn't think that it would necessarily be picked up by the country scene. So I was just grateful that it got a nod. I thought it was a really lovely, um, you know, testament to the ability of the songs to sort of connect with a wide, diverse range of people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I guess, yeah, very sort of, very insular that uh, the community, I guess, that's like every time I see when they announce the ARIA Awards and it's like best comedy album and it's like the six or seven people nominated, it's like, oh, they're all best friends. Like, literally every single one of them, like, They'd all be looking at that going like, oh, so-and-so nominated. That's sick. Oh, I'm nominated. Cool. Oh, so yeah, cool. It's like
1: Yeah, you know, it's a big party. That's right. They're all having fun. And and you know, we had the we had such a fun night, and the fact that I didn't win any didn't dampen my night. Like I had a great time anyway. You know, <laughs> we got we had a lot of cocktails. It was a good time.
0: <laughs> That's it. Don't yeah, and don't let me like that was that was a real dick move on my part to be like. Who did oh, you lose don't be to? silly! No,
1: no, no. <laughs> do, I'm so not. Uh, I think that those, these questions and and the weird sort of discomfort and awkwardness of things like that are definitely not worthwhile even look even sort of getting into. Like it's 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 silly. We don't need to feel like that. Especially because I, I've always been a big believer that like music doesn't shouldn't be at its core shouldn't be a competition. And I think mm. obviously with awards like that, there's always going to be a winner, but I think there's always a lot of good stuff out there for everyone to experience, so I'm never worried about stuff. I think awards are amazing if you win them, a wonderful bonus, but never something that you you sort of like base all of your dreams on, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, it's it is nice, it is nice to be recognised or, or whatever, but not uh, not the end of the world, not the end of the world.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, certainly didn't didn't
0: <laughs> slow us down. <laughs> Didn't yeah? Didn't uh, didn't cry about it. It's all good. Uh, no, but... it's fine.
1: Didn't cry in coals about
0: it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, that hurts. No, that's fine. Um, <laughs> that's right. You just got me back. You just got me back for saying who did you lose? To. Um, what's uh? I, I better let you go. I better let you go soon. It is. It is getting pretty late. But um, two two. Th- oh, sorry. One thing I like to do. But then a new thing that I like to do on the on the podcast is so if you were so it's a a little bit of a game if you were to knowing i guess knowing me uh you know as well as you do uh (laughs) what what famous what famous tv dad would you think would be a good tv dad to come in for me and replace my dad
1: (gasps) oh oh that is the coolest question um Oh my God! Okay, okay. Um, I'm gonna say, I reckon. Did you ever watch The OC?
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. That is the greatest <laughs> compliment that anyone has ever given me. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, VOC is phenomenal. Cohen. Sandy Cohen is the dad of all dads. Uh, he's he... such a
1: dad. He's such a legend. And, like, the way he takes in old mate, um, brooding guy that punches yep. everyone all the time, Ryan, Ryan Atwood. Ryan. Um, and then he, you know, he's such a good dad to him. But then, like, he's like, the. I think maybe I relate to him because I'm part jewish and he's such a jewish dad and he's hilarious and he's like got the amazing big eyebrows that he's just such a legend and he's funny and he's got a dry sense of humor and he's caring you know what he's the dad for you he's the dad to replace your dad
0: yes thank you that is that is actually that's amazing uh that is so so good i will say this uh (laughs) end end of no where are we talking about halfway through season two When he starts to have, uh, when he starts to, uh, his eyes start to wander towards his old ex-girlfriend. Not not happy there, Sandy. Not happy with that.
1: No, no, no. Not happy with it, Sandy. We need to, and I mean spoilers, 20-year-old spoilers for anyone that hasn't (laughs) seen it. Uh, (laughs) But I've been just very much enjoying all of the really low-rider jeans that everyone wears throughout the whole series. It's like there was a time when we thought that jeans should
0: almost not be on your body. Yeah. And and even then, there was a a bit of a fad, like uh, Misha Barton or Mishka Barton, however you say it, uh, loved the jeans, but was also all about a dress over the top, which seemed to be a massive 2000 thing of like dress over the top of jeans. It's like, what are we doing?
1: You know what? I did it as a kid and I was probably copying (laughs) her. So you know what? whatever it's it's very 90s it's very 2000s it's it's all happening it's all happening but that's the dad for you
0: that's thank you i think i think you doing it was more of like of a family suggestion being like if imogen pisses her pants again at least people (laughs) won't know
1: (laughs) that is the that okay you got me good i walked right into that one it's the doubling up of the (laughs) doubling up of the layers is important in my life apparently
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's look. That's the first time I've asked the TV dad question. Uh, so that's one mark for Sandy Cohen. Yes, I'm going to keep a. I'm going to keep a bit of a tally, I reckon, because I feel like, and you know, if people that come on have listened to other episodes, then maybe they'll yep. stay away from Sandy Cohen. But if they yep. haven't, I feel like Sandy Cohen's going to rank high. I feel like he's going to rank. He's really such high. a
1: great dad, and also, um, well, my first initial thought was actually going to be um, Jack Geller from Friends,
0: Ross oh, and Monica's father, love that. Love that. Um,
1: but I did feel like we just get to know Sandy Cohen a little better, and I feel like I can just see him with his sense of humour aligning with yours. It would make sense.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, Jack, Jack would be good. Jack was all about a, uh, a sly comment or a snarky comment. <laughs> Um, he was he was also all
1: about jean shorts from memory like a lot of cargo shorts and things i
0: think he was yeah 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 I think he was. that's i mean sandy cohen sandy cohen's in that's great yeah i love it yeah
1: that's my um, number one
0: amazing i mean it's weird you didn't pick ross uh, i mean he has what does he have three <laughs> oh there's three different children to like three that's different women right. or something or however, oh, however many it is. that would have been great he
1: would have been like in friends he's like your age so i figured no way yeah. he could be your dad
0: that's that 's true actually maybe i'm maybe i 'm just the grown up version of Ben, the kid that we didn 't see for yeah. half the show, he, even though it was his
1: yeah child. he just disappeared yeah absolutely yeah. that's actually str- that 's such a good um, plot point
0: kind of strange, but um, kind of <laughs> we, do, we can't we can 't keep going on TV dads all night we can 't <laughs> um, my final, my final My final thing I want to ask you is. Yes. If you yourself, Imogen Clark, if you were to be my replacement dad, if you would, <gasps> what would be the type of advice you're giving me, or what would be the biggest thing of advice that you could offer me?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I would probably give the advice of uh, the same advice that we get from Barney Stinson in How I Met Your Mother which Mm -hmm, is that mm -hmm. nothing good happens after 2am. Is that him or is that another character? I agree with that. That I've I've actually come to realise even though I'm 25 years old and should be having a lot of good times after 2am it generally rings quite true for me and I think that probably it's something that everybody needs to be taking on board. Although now that I say that you with a very young child. I doubt you're seeing the other side of 2am much.
0: <laughs> no, I'm more of a, I'm more of a uh, seeing the sun come up at 5.30am kind of guy uh, because yes. someone's well, yelling at me, not because I'm at a club. Um...
1: Yes. <laughs> someone's <laughs> yelling
0: over your bed. Yes, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Good, good morning. And I'm like, like, literally the last few mornings have just been like, hi, and you're like... <laughs> Hi, what time is it? It's, oh, it's 5.15, you're up. <laughs> you're awake, that's amazing. Well,
1: that's then awesome. maybe if I were to tailor my advice more to a, to a father, even though I have <laughs> no parenting advice whatsoever, maybe I would say, I've heard from a lot of parents, that the best thing to do is to make sure that you are not just constantly eating what you're feeding your child. I've had a lot of people that yes. are parents say to me, I'm just eating nuggets in the shape of dinosaurs. That's all yeah. I'm eating all the time, and I'm, I'm just feeling like a piece of shit. And yeah. I, I think that that's, you know what, if I were to be your dad, if I were your replacement dad, that's exactly what I would say.
0: I love it. I love it. Because I heard No I heard, dinosaur nuggets. No dinosaur nuggets. No, well, that's it. That's, and that's another bumper sticker that will get made as well. Um, <laughs> no dinosaur nuggets. But I heard, it was a, I think it was John Favreau, like the director, John Favreau was like, They were like, How did you lose weight? And he was like, The number one thing I did is stop finishing my kids' meals
1: such good advice such good advice
0: how good yes absolutely
1: but you know what it doesn't it doesn't stop either because if you get in that habit you're going to do it forever i'm 25 i still live at home because covid and unemployment yay um (laughs) and my dad still finishes my meal when i don't finish my meal my dad finishes it and that is just the surefire way to obesity
0: <laughs> well my uh, my my wife is is one of five kids and when i came into the family uh that's when you know there's a bit of a power struggle between uh me and my father in law as to for who gets to finish the meals
1: <laughs> oh no uh,
0: but uh, now he he gets he gets them uh because he's uh, stronger <laughs> than me but and it's his house Points.
1: All, all very fair calls all
0: beautiful points hey look! thank you uh thanks so much for coming on and having a chat with me it's been really really fun uh, it, like. it's a pleasure it's gotten weird it had it got weird um y- y- there's a was, lot, you know, of, lot of toilet talk to- yeah. <laughs> yeah I, mean, I didn't I didn't say a word about did I say poop no I think oh, I, mean, I, I definitely said oh, poop more than <laughs>
1: once I've said it about four times now um,
0: so <laughs>
1: look, hey, it's br- it's brilliant for me because I feel like a lot of the chats I have are uh, solely centred around just just my music, which I of course is wonderful to talk about. But it is really fun sometimes to just talk a bit of trash, have a bit of a yeah. silly time, talk about some things that you're sad about, some things that you laugh about, some things that have traumatized you from your childhood, urine-based accidents. It's all a good time, you know. It's That's wonderful. It.
0: And look, I, you know, I'm not sure that you would have been able to get the closure you needed on the urine-based accident through song, so I'm glad No. That-
1: I'm yet to, yeah, I feel very much like I've worked through some things with you, um, my therapist, hey. Mitch. So thank you for having hey, me on the show. I actually forgot it's one point there
0: that we were recording. It just felt like we were having a good old FaceTime. <laughs> just talking, just talking, just talking. I guess that's, that's what 2020 has become. It's just like you FaceTime literally everyone. You're like, I haven't seen you forever. Like, let's FaceTime. I
1: know. Yeah, exactly.
0: But it's been great. Where can, uh, where can, where can people find you uh, on the socials and, and everything?
1: Well, yeah, you can find me pretty much at any of the social places at um, uh, on Instagram, Imogen underscore underscore Clark, and Clark has no e on the end. You can also just search me on Facebook and all those things, Twitter. You know, all the your places where you get your music. Just type my name in, and I'll come up.
0: Amazing, and the make the making of me. That's the the latest EP yes. the, from the, early the year. That's the. Uh, the The Rolling Stone four point five stars out of five. People need to go and check <laughs> yeah. that out on on all the on all the streaming services.
1: Thanks, Mitch. I appreciate it. Thanks for having and me.
0: No worries. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, go and you you do you. I don't even know how to finish these ever. You do you. Get out of here. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs>